Attention all passengers, this is Captain Jennings speaking. On behalf of the crew, I'd like to welcome you aboard the SS Neversoft Skate Cruise. We hope your stay is a pleasant one. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each video game featured in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name is Lawrence and today I'm joined by... Dan, this is Dan, and I'm really looking forward to talking about this one. So yeah, this week we are discussing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, uh, which was released in the year 2001. Now, as we do at the start of every episode, we will discuss the Metacritic score. So, this one is pretty high on the list, so it's at number 14 in the top 100, and it's got a Metacritic score of 97. So, when you kind of put into perspective a lot of the other games that we've got on this list... For a skateboarding game, for a sports game, this is pretty high. Um, it's huge. Yeah, it, it's it's massive. And I think um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 just tops it, doesn't it? Wow. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is number two out of the entire top 100. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're great games, though. Yeah, I think that's the Dreamcast version. I think the PS1's a bit lower. Yeah, that one makes yeah, sense. But it's, it's, um, yeah, it really is reflective of a different time in gaming, isn't it? Yeah, the early to uh, to mid two thousands were a uh, they're a bit of a wild west, I suppose, with the kind of games that were being put out and the kind of games that were you know popular. And when you compare it to um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five, which mm. came out and everyone hated. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, the reviews. The world away. Atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> So why don't we start with kind of our backgrounds with this game. So with Pro Skater 3, was this the first time that you'd ever played it? Yes. So, no, no, sorry. So I played this, um, I kind of went into my my gaming history with consoles last time. I talked about getting a GameCube. Yeah. So when I got my GameCube, we got a deal from Toys R Us and the deal included. Yeah, yeah. Toys R Us used to be great for gaming. It used to do uh, really good deals because we always used to say that they didn't really know how to price things. No. So they kind of underpriced everything. Um, so we got a deal where we got a GameCube and we got five games with the GameCube. Uh, those bad. games were um, Dave Mira Pro BMX, yeah. uh, Driven, okay, uh, WWE like WrestleMania X8, yeah. um, Turok Evolution. Okay. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. So, this was how I was introduced to this game. And I remember playing it back then. I remember playing it with my brother. And we spent a long time playing through this, I think, probably because we were kids. Yeah. And we weren't as good at games. So, we just were hacking away at all the challenges. Whereas, um, this time playing it, I breezed through it, so... Um, so what's your history with it? Um, so with Tony Hawk, um, the third one, so Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, this um, this one we're focusing on today was the first one that I played, and I played this a lot when I was um, younger. I was playing it on the PS2. We'll get onto the versions that we've played for this episode shortly. But yeah, I spent quite a lot of time on this when I was early teens, and I then moved on to the other Tony Hawk games, so um, I never played Pro Skater 4, but I played Tony Hawk Underground, which I thought was really good. I then played yeah. American Wasteland as well, which isn't 
as accepted as warmly as Underground, but I thought it was pretty decent. But yeah. Now Underground's the one where you start you're able to drive cars, you can jump <laughs> off your skateboard. Yes. Uh, and you get much bigger hub areas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Tony Hawk Underground was the first kind of Tony Hawk game, I suppose, that's implemented an actual story. So you always had kind yeah. of careers where you did challenges, etc. But Tony Hawk Underground was the first one that had an actual story with characters that you, you know, you started off as an amateur in New Jersey and then you built your way out to become a skateboarding pro, um, you know, with your own uh, label or whatever it is that they call it in yeah. skateboarding land. <laughs> so I, I, I played um, Underground. I enjoyed Underground. I think it's not remembered as fondly as um, the earlier pro skater games. That was when they started to kind of go a bit downhill, I think, because we discussed earlier that in the early 2000s, the gaming sphere was very different, which is obviously why you've got games like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 so high up in the um, in the list at number two. But, I mean, the whole kind of vibe around skateboarding was... Um, well, it, it became very much slapstick, so stuff like Jackass... That was very much pushed as skateboarding. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it was the skateboarding kind of area, I suppose. You have people like yeah. Bamagera, who was a professional skateboarder and then went into Jackass. And that's when the Tony Hawk games kind of started going downhill. Because I know that Underground 2 focused a lot on just doing stupid pranks that you'd see in Jackass. And it had the Jackass yeah. crew in the game. Whereas Underground kept it relatively level, but from Underground Two, it started going a bit downhill. I think. Yeah, there were there were always a few um, gimmicky things in there, but yeah. with the earlier games, at least the focus was really on the skateboarding and the gameplay of the skateboarding. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I think it's um, interesting to touch on the fact that skateboarding was huge in those days. It was seen as the cool thing. And I, I was uh, speaking to Becca, my girlfriend, about this again. And um, I said, isn't it strange that nowadays skateboarding is not cool like it used to be? It's kind of not gone into the background, but you just don't really hear as many people talk about it these days, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't name a single pro skater from today that isn't Tony Hawk or skaters from that time. Yeah, I don't think I... No, there's no way that I could. Whereas... In the early 2000s, I knew quite a lot of their names because I played the Tony Hawk games. You know, I knew a list of pro skaters and I used to watch um, pro skater videos that you'd unlock in the games, watching them do, you know, bails from their tricks, yeah. stuff like that. And at the time, I I remember getting a skateboard when I was about 13, 14. Was never any good at it. Never really <laughs> took off with it. And I've got a longboard in my uh, in my garage that before I could drive I used to skateboard to work about four years ago and what's a longboard so it's just like a big skateboard <laughs> it's like a long skateboard because you I imagine all... like a surfboard yeah I mean it's not quite as big as a surfboard but it's kind of moving into that kind of category yeah because you get loads of different ones now obviously you get the standard ones you can get longboards you can get penny boards um, and I thought about getting a penny board, but because I'm six foot six, I thought it would look ridiculous me standing on a tiny little board with wheels. So I opted for a long board instead. But yeah, 
<laughs> so that that's my background with skateboarding, I suppose. It's, I find successful. it amazing how these things were fundamental to our uh, growing up mm. into adults, and nowadays they're just gone. It's one of those things like, um, oh, for me, wrestling, uh, Eminem, all these things that are part of your childhood that people nowadays experience something completely different. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like we're better off than them. But I imagine that's the, what the generation before us thought when, um, yeah. you know, we, I think it's just a part of growing up, I suppose. And I didn't expect us to be touching on this, this episode. Oh, it's, it's good. Old. I mean, I think one of the big things that I found going into this game was that there's a lot of nostalgia and it's really hard to separate your objective thoughts from all that rush of nostalgia. Yeah, 100%. Before before playing this again, I had very fond memories of it. And in terms of the versions that we both played, um, I know you... Did you play this on the Xbox? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I bought the, the GameCube version. Then I realised that I couldn't hook up my GameCube to my, um, my OLED TV because you need a special converter to convert it into HDMI. Um, so I thought, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to do this then? I thought about using the Wii, uh, convert, using a converter for the Wii, but eventually I thought it'd be just more efficient to buy the Xbox version, play it on my 360 and do it that way, which right. I did. Okay. And how about enough. you? Um, so like I said, when I was younger, I played this all the time on the PS2, but I don't have that copy anymore. Um, and a few years ago, when I was, because I, I used to collect consoles and games, I picked up a copy of Pro Skater 3 on the PS1, which I'd not played before. So Why would you do that? Just to add it to the collection, I suppose. Um, it's probably one of the worst versions that you could pick up, though, isn't it? It wasn't It wasn't great. It wasn't a fun time. Um, so I kind of went into it expecting some nostalgia and thinking that it would be amazing and as good as it used to be for me. But actually... It was just a bit of a slog, um, because so so PS1 can you? I mean, so based on your memories and based on uh, the version that you played this time, mm. what were some of the differences that you could pick out? So the main difference between the PS1 version and the PS2 version is um, the amount of levels in it. So I know you said at the end when you finished your run, uh, you unlocked the last level, which is a cruise ship. The cruise yeah. ship isn't included in the ps1 version so there are a lot of differences and i've i've got a list here of the um the differences between the versions so i didn't realize but with the ps2 version of tony hawk pro skater 3 it was one of the first games that you could get on the system that you could do online play with oh Um, it was one of the first ones to do that the differences with freestyle tricks and lip trick combos as well so for the uninitiated, elliptic is um, when you're on a uh, what's the, is it a vert with the ramps? I just call it a ledge or an edge. Like it's basically like the the idea of like a swimming pool um, where you can go up either side and do tricks. Um, an elliptic is where you hold on to the edge of that and you know hold yeah. it or do tricks while you're standing on one hand or something like all ridiculous gymnastic stuff. Um, You'd been able to do that in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 and 3 on the PS1, 
but it wasn't until the PS2 version came out that you could control it the same way that you control a grind or a manual with like um, a bar that goes up and down. Um, yes, yeah, so there's a bar that controls your balance, isn't yeah. it? So it's how well balanced you are. That's it. And I mean, one of the biggest things that they added into this game compared to the others was the ability to revert. So a revert is when you have just finished doing a trick in the air and you come back down off the ramp or whatever it is. And a revert is where you basically switch sides on your board. So you do a spin. And because obviously Tony Hawk is so big on getting big combos up, the ability to revert meant that you could you know, finish doing however many tricks up in the air land revert and then go directly into a manual which then meant you could continue adding to your score so that was a big game changer for you know the community i suppose for the people that played it so much and um what was it like graphically to go back to the ps1 version <laughs> not not great <laughs> um, <laughs> i've watched a few videos on um, on youtube of other playthroughs of it on the ps2 and it makes you miss how good the graphics are in that game. Like PS2 graphics weren't, you know, outstanding. But you compare it to what I was playing with on the PS1, it's unbelievable the difference. Like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 on the PS2 compared to the PS1 looks HD. It's mental. <laughs> yeah. Like that PS3 or something. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. So um so I uh I did have a look at um not only the PS1 version, but there's also a Nintendo 64 version. Is there? Yeah. So this is strange. I had, I thought, okay, there's a Nintendo 64 version. I knew there was a Nintendo 64 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know there was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 because obviously it was released on the GameCube as well. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have a look at what the Metacritic for this was. Is it really and low? There is no Metacritic for it. Right. Because obviously there weren't enough people that reviewed it to give it a rating. Mm. Which is which is crazy to me. Um, so I watched a video that someone did where they were comparing the, uh, the PS1 version to the Nintendo 64 version. And I think the overall summary was that they were very similar, but the Nintendo 64 version didn't have the loading. So it was superior in that way. Okay. But the problem that they both had was that the draw distance was horrible. There was like beyond a certain point, you can't see the rest of the level. Well, that's it. It's, it's a big reason why a lot of companies started developing, well, the big one being Square, started developing for Sony when the PS1 came out because the N64, it, it couldn't hold as much in, in terms of, you know, draw distance. This, this, was for, this was for both of them. So this was the PS1 and the Nintendo oh, 64. Really? You couldn't see beyond, like, 15, 20 metres in front of you. Blimey. It just looked like darkness. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, um, I mean, if people don't know about the, the differences in power between the Nintendo 64 and the PS1, the Nintendo 64 was more powerful than the PS1, but, yeah, they had limited space, so they couldn't... Um, Cartridges. There were limited textures, but in terms of polygons, it pushed out far more than the PS1. Um, mm. so you look at some games they look leaps and bounds ahead but you look at others that weren't well optimised and they looked not great Yeah, well, so it's it, all down it, to the game really it's the big reason that Square moved over to developing for the Playstation rather than the Nintendo wasn't it because Final Fantasy 7 was supposed to come out on the uh, on the N64 it was. but 
I mean, Final Fantasy VII is three discs, and if you were going to put that all on cartridges, I don't even know how many um, how many cartridges. I think the you'd big need. reason they didn't do it was because they wanted to use full motion video, um, yeah. and obviously full motion video takes up a lot of space. Mm. So on the Nintendo sixty four, he just couldn't really fit it all on. I've got um, a copy of Resident Evil two on the Nintendo sixty four which was really expensive because it's quite rare. Mm. And somehow they compressed all the full motion video and they put it all on there. And Does it look really bad? It's a bit of a rarity. And it's really quite strange watching full motion video on the Nintendo 64 because there are so few games that have got it. Thinking about it, I, I can't really think of any, but I wasn't that much of a Nintendo kid. It's about three or four. Blimey. But yet you've, yeah, you've, got not quite many. A big, you've got quite a big N64 collection, haven't you? Yeah, I've got about... 50 games and you've got some rare ones in there as well yeah so i've got about 50 games i think the, the whole library is about 300 um maybe i've got a bit more than that maybe it's more like 60 or 70 but um yeah i've got i started collecting them the issue is they're just so expensive we've well, got that um isn't one of the one of the rarest ones considered that that beetle driving game um beetle main no that one that one was quite cheap that one oh, was it uh but, but resident off, evil 2 is Sorry, you got Turok on there as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got um, I've got Turok two, I've got Turok mm. three. Mm, I used to have Rage Wars. Uh, I don't know if I've got the original Turok actually. Um, but yeah, I I, I love my Nintendo sixty four. It's still one of my favorite consoles ever. I like the N sixty four. I yeah, I, I I spent about three hundred pounds, three hundred and fifty pounds on. A modded Ultra HD, um, oh, it's called an Ultra HD Nintendo 64, which right. basically hooks up to um, your HD TV. And also, if you know anything about Nintendo 64 games, this was something weird. On a hardware level, they had anti-aliasing, which means that it smoothed out some of the jagged edges. But what it ended up doing was basically introducing this layer of blur onto the Nintendo 64 games. So every Nintendo 64 game has this like smear of <laughs> blurriness over it. But what this uh, what this mod does is removes it so they just look stunning. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I always quite like the N64. I never really had one until later on. Um, but I, I was always more of a... My first console was a Sega Mega Drive and then I got a PS1. Sega then, Kid. Yeah. Because um, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. So that's how I found this game this time. How did you find it? I had a blast with it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was really looking forward to playing it again. And I wasn't disappointed. And I don't know how much of that was nostalgia. But I played this. I got it on Friday. It arrived. Mm. And I played through it in one evening, and although it was really quick, I just really enjoyed playing it. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, and even number 2 when we get to it, although I think 4 will be better. 4, four uh, will be better. The, the, thing with, the thing with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is the levels. People have got a real yeah. soft spot for those levels on um, Pro Skater 2. Because you've got ones like the um, the warehouse, you've got uh, the school, you've got Roswell. I think you've got Roswell in number two. Well, that might be. Yeah, I remember Roswell. 
that rings a bell. But I, I was always more of a fan of the levels in number three. So speaking of the levels, let's let's have a let's have a uh, chat about the levels. Um, so what are some of your favourites? So it's basic, but the first level I always really enjoyed the foundry. Um, I don't know why. I think it's probably because it was the one that I played the most. Because obviously, with it being the first level, you start again. If you didn't have a memory card, the founder is always where you started. <laughs> Dilemma of every nineties kid. Yeah, I know. Suburbia was okay. I quite liked Canada, which isn't included on the PS One. It is. So, so this is something. Um, Canada is in the PS One version, but they switched it with um, one of the later levels, uh, Los Angeles. They switched them. So Canada oh. is the second last level that you unlock. I see. I see. Yeah, they just switch them around for whatever reason so that Canada is not level two anymore. It's level uh, seven or eight. Uh, right, got you. Because, yeah, I, I didn't play through the entire thing this time just because of how janky everything was. Cause we how much you enjoyed it? One. You what, sorry? <laughs> how much you enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so I always enjoyed Canada. So, so basically, all of these levels that I'm talking about now, I'm not talking about the PS1. I'm talking about the PS2. Um, so probably two of my favourites. I always enjoyed the cruise ship, which definitely isn't in the PS1 version, and also the airport. Yeah, airport's I, good. I really like the airport. What about yourself? I like the airport. I like suburbia. I like the little haunted house that you've got there. Helping uh, the, the thin, thin man. man. You provide an axe for. Um, I like Canada as well. The thing that's good about the foundry is the first level, but it feels like there's always something going on in there. You've got the loud alarms going off. Yeah. It feels like a really active environment. It's full of people. So when you say, oh, it's set in a, a foundry where they're, I don't know, melting down metal or whatever, it sounds like the most boring gaming level. Yeah. It sounds like a dock in a, a, dock in a, um, a first-person shooter, which every single... First person shooter seems to have for some reason. Um, it sounds, yeah, so it sounds like not the most interesting level, but it's actually really good. All of these levels, I think, are really good. I don't think that. What do you think of the um, the competition levels? I think they're a bit weaker than the other levels. Yeah, they're not as good as the other ones. Um, but I think that's just because of what you're doing in them. The level design on them isn't awful. It's just like standard skate parks, isn't it? Yeah. But. Yeah, so let's let's um, define those. So in a normal level, you've got um, you've got nine goals. So you have to complete those nine goals. You complete a certain amount, and you unlock the next level. Your goals could range from um, finding an axe to help the thin man in suburbia, collecting the hidden uh, tape. To what's that? Collecting the hidden tape. Yeah, collecting the hidden tape. That's always one which is always in a hard to reach area. Yeah. Um, collecting the letters of skate. the word skate which are scattered around the levels. Um, whereas the competition levels are um, basically, you have to just get as high a score you can yeah. in within one minute. And uh, basically the top two runs are added together to form your high score. And if you come within the top three, you get bronze medal, silver medal, gold medal, uh, you will progress to the next level basically. Did you unlock the secret level? Uh, so I got cruise ship, but I didn't. I didn't do cruise ship. Did you? So did you I, play the other secret level? Well, I'm guessing not. No, I know there's two more. There's there's uh, there's two from Tony Hawk's one. There's another one as well. Are in there? Oh, is there? Yeah, there's. Uh, you can skate at a Kiss concert. I, I think I've heard of it. I mean, you you can unlock characters, can't you? Yes. Yeah, you have to, to complete the game. All challenges with basically 
number of different characters going up to the top. So with one of the big things with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 that I think people love about it is one of the unlockable characters was Spider-Man. Um, because Activision at the time had the license for Spider-Man games. Because I remember the Spider-Man yeah. games on the PS1. But then... And PS2. Yeah, and the PS2. But then you move up to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and the Marvel character you've got in that is Wolverine. But then yeah. you've also got characters... Because this came out in 2001, so Star Wars Mania was still pretty big. So one of the unlockable characters was Darth Maul. Yeah. And I think with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, one of the unlockable characters is Django Fett from Star Wars Episode 2. And you've then also got the weird hobo character. Right? Ollie the Magic Bum. Yeah. Yeah, you've got him, Officer Dick. Um, yeah. Private Carrera. Uh, who else? Where are they him? from? So Officer Dick and Private Carrera were unlockable characters in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. So I'm not sure right. if they had any major relevance. Uh, relevance. They've just always been in the games, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you also had Kelly Slater, the surfer. Oh, uh, yeah. He had his own game. They weren't great. You also had the uh, Satan the Satan, Satan, and then the head, uh... when you've completed everything all the way through, you get to play as the development company's mascot, the Neversoft eyeball. Oh, yeah. Which is that. weird. But I don't think Neversoft is a thing anymore, are they? No. I mean, these were, yeah, like you say, these were published by Activision. I'm not sure what happens to Neversoft. They just seem to disappear. There's footage from 2014 of them burning their um their their mascot the the eyeball thing, um, oh. so I'm assuming in 2014 maybe they were shut down or something along those lines, which is a shame. But yeah, it's beyond um beyond say 2008. I don't know what they did. I can't name a single game that Neversoft made beyond 2008. Um, no, not me actually, because I don't think they made the newest um, Tony Hawk's games. No, they didn't. No. The um, I think the last one that they did was, oh, it was Underground 2, which they did. I think it might have been Project 8 or the one that came after that. Um, but from there, a, a new company took over them. So I'm just looking at games that Neversoft have done. So it's a list full of Tony Hawk games. Um, Spider-Man on the PS1. Guitar Hero Legends, Guitar Hero Aerosmith, so all of the Guitar Hero games it looks like. They did Gun yeah, as well. Gun, Gun was brilliant. Um, Apocalypse, which I've never heard of. Call of Duty Ghosts, apparently? Oh. What? Uh, but, but, wait a minute, did they did they turn into Treyarch? Ah. Uh, that could be it. Yeah, maybe. Because that would make more sense in my head. Let's have a look. So Treyarch is another Activision developer who makes a lot of the Call of Duty games. But I'm pretty sure Ghost was Treyarch, not... Or maybe Infinity Ward? I don't know. Yes. 50 employees were laid off on February the 11th, 2010. In May 2014, it was reported that Neversoft had merged with Call of Duty creators Infinity Ward to create what was internally referred to as a super studio Neversoft was officially right. made defunct on July 10th, 2014, 20 years to the day of its founding, with the remaining employees attending a burning of a sculpture of the skewered eyeball from their logo that had been part of their offices before. There we go. Okay. All makes sense now. There you go. We've so, they so technically they still exist, but they exist within Infinity War. Yeah, something else. 
Infinity Ward are a talented bunch as well. But yeah, <laughs> they're they're a talented studio. Um, yeah. So it's, it's good that they're still, you know, they're still going. Ticking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, I mean, I I love Gun. Gun was great. That was um, the only real rival I think for Red Dead, which was another Western game, and it was just completely. It was a new IP. And they just hit it out of the park. It was really good. You could argue that, that game. Um, Call of Juarez was up there as well, but it was a different kind of game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They were they were maybe not as big commercially. No. And they they fell off really quickly. So they had um, Call of Juarez, the cartel, was it? Yes. Yeah, Where like that. it was a modern day one with uh, Mexican gangsters. So they ditched the uh, the Western setting quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, with those, I think uh, one and two they were still Western, but yeah, disappeared very quickly. Um, so playing the game itself, it still holds up really well. It plays exactly how I remember it playing, and it still plays really smoothly. I played the Xbox version, and the Xbox version was probably knowing what we do about the Xbox and the PS2. The Xbox version was probably a bit ahead of the PS2. But yeah, it plays really smoothly. And it's still a lot of fun to play. Um, I was watching some videos on this. Some of the tricks that people were doing, some of the combos they were getting was insane. Yeah. Uh, just the amount they were racking up. You've got people that are doing <laughs> I was like getting nowhere near that. combos and stuff these days. It's, yeah. it's mad. Yeah, I was getting nowhere near that. I was getting just enough to scrape through to the next level. <laughs> Yeah, same here. The levels that I did manage to complete this time round, it was um, it was a case of doing a few kick flips, a few cannonballs, um, and then just, tr- just trying to get through it. But yeah, the, just I, grinding. I, used, I was just grinding. Yeah, I, I used to be really good at these games, but I mean, it's been ten years or or more probably since I last played them, so I was definitely a bit rusty. Yeah. Out of interest, what character did you play as? Um, first first time I played, I just played as Tony Hawk. Then I um. Then I played as Rodney Mullen. Rodney Mullen was always the guy that I went for. I like Rodney Mullen. The only thing with him is, I think he, his stats are the opposite to Tony Hawk's, basically. So the, the areas that I, I'd grown to use with Tony Hawk, his were the opposite. So that he wasn't very good at... He didn't have any speed. He didn't have any heights. He wasn't good at grinding. <laughs> yeah, Rod- Rodney Mullen's more of a technical skater. So I remember I used to watch quite a lot of his videos back in the day. Um, of him doing ridiculous tricks like him on um, doing a handstand on a skateboard doing flips with it and stuff like that Um, so Rodney Mullen was always one of my favourites probably followed by Tony Hawk and then maybe just because I knew him from Jackass Bam Margera but I don't think Bam was like a massive skateboarder like obviously he was good and he was represented but I don't think he was quite on the same level as like the, the big guns no I agree one of Isn't it funny? I mean, I wonder what these guys are doing now. Obviously, Tony Hawk's probably still got a lot of money saved from all this. But what what are your Rob, Rodney Mullins doing now? They probably made their sponsorships back in the day. But does he just retire to a normal job? Or I don't think he needs he to. still got the, money? The amount of money that these guys made is unbelievable. I mean, you can still, you can still see Tony Hawk doing quite a bit um, here and there these days. You know, he's still skateboarding. Yeah. I mean, he's in his early 50s now, I think. Um, he looks pretty good for his age. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's classic kind of um, California guy, though, isn't he? Like, Yeah, he looks like Tony Hawk, the dad version. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of them made so much money off it that they didn't need to worry about 
retiring or getting other jobs. They probably still do bits and bobs here and there, but none of them were really... DIY. <laughs> DIY job. <laughs> but yeah, a bit I, of cleaning. I, I don't think any of them were as successful as Tony Hawk was. And I mean, you've got people like Bam, who, you know, he, he did Jackass. Um which was, you know, one of the most successful TV shows of the uh, of the early noughties. Yeah. And then you've got the, the three films they released as well. And I mean, after after Ryan Dunn died, Bam, I think, kind of went into a bit of um, isolation. It's a bit, of, bit of a mess anyone. now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But it's, it's to be expected, I suppose. Like him and Ryan were really close. Yeah. And get uh, Rodney Mullins to come around and do some DIY at some point, some woodwork. Get him to put a shelf up for you, I'm sure he would. <laughs> Yeah. Very kind of Rodney. Just give him a fiver for it. Shall we? Uh, shall we discuss the soundtrack? Yes. So it's a big one, obviously. Yeah, the soundtrack's um, the big nostalgia driver, I suppose. So describe to me what you think the soundtrack is like and what's good about it. It's all pop punk, isn't it? And I think that's something. A bit else. of R and B in there as well. Yeah. I was watching a video the other day of, um, you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. And Tony Hawk was saying that when they made that game, he was putting new music in there because he wanted people to find new music like what they did in the early noughties with the original Tony Hawk games. But people didn't really like the soundtrack of Pro Skater 5 because I think a majority of the people that were playing it are the people that were listening to the pop punk music of the early noughties. And those are the people that those games, you know, really went out to. So you've got some really, really big songs on here and people argue that the um the soundtrack on Pro Skater 3 wasn't as good as Pro Skater 2. There's some really decent stuff on Pro Skater 2 as well obviously, but on here you know you've got the Ramones, Blitzkrieg, Bop, uh, you've got the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Alien Ant Farm. One of my favorite songs ever, which I first discovered on Pro Skater 3 is a song called Not the Same by Body Jar. You never really hear it anywhere else, but that was a song that always stayed with me. CKY 96 Quite Bitter Beings. I really like the music in this game. Um, oh, it's brilliant. It's really good. It's it's probably, gameplay aside, the best thing about it, I Strongest think. Strongest bit. Yeah. Easily. You forgot um, Ace of Spades. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, Paparazzi. You got ex- Oh, yeah, Exhibit, Exhibit Paparazzi, isn't it? It's great. And House of Pain. But yeah, it's, it's a really good mix in there. And like we said at the start of the episode, I think with the... Uh, the original kind of feel of these games of the early noughties and what that time was about, this soundtrack really sums up that time, if that makes sense. They didn't have the biggest number of songs. It wasn't like GTA where you just had hundreds and hundreds, but each of the songs suited the gameplay really well. So songs would come on when you're playing and it'd just be so good to skate around while these songs were playing uh, and almost all of them were great so yeah really good soundtrack a majority of the games Pro Skater 2 Pro Skater 3 Underground had a really good soundtrack on there as well American Wastelands was okay you know that was a big selling point I think for a lot of people as they knew that good music was going to be in these games and things like um, games like Burnout they kind of copied this idea and uh, they started paying to include huge artists to do really big songs on their games and it really benefited from it 
I mean, I know that Burnout 3 Takedown is on this list. I think that game's got a really good um, soundtrack as well. I've never played it. So look forward to that one. It's a great game. It's yeah, really I've good. heard good stuff about it. Burnout 3 Takedown, and I think Burnout Paradise is one of the big ones as well, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're the two that um, people love the most, I think. Are they, are they Rockstar games? No, they are Criterion. Okay. I think they are making spiritual successor to Burnout. I don't know if it's out yet. Might be out already. I think I've heard something um, about But yeah, that. they were great. What's that? I think I've heard something about that, but it's not something I've followed because I was never really into those games. I mean, it, I don't think it was a huge game. I think it was a game that was um, pretty pretty big, but uh, yeah, it was just big that Criterion was working on it. Oh, but yeah, that game I'm looking forward to playing. Nice. It's like the golden era of gaming for me. Yeah, I agree. All of the stuff from the, uh, the early noughties and stuff, the stuff that you played on your PS2 and your GameCube and your Xbox... So, can you um, maybe give me some detail about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1? Because I don't know anything about the first game. Yeah, I mean, Pro Skater 1, what year did that come out? Let me double check. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, doing some live Googling while we record. That's because uh, we're just absolute professionals. That's it. Um, 31st of August, 1999. <laughs> So, yeah, developed by Neversoft. And this was really, Pro Skater 1 was one of the first skateboarding games that was mainstream. You had games on, like, the Sega and, you know, things that would include skateboarding. But this was the first one that was really, you know, big and brought skateboarding into the mainstream for gamers. To the point where a few years ago they released, um, I think it was twenty. 2012 or maybe 2014 one of the two they released uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD yeah I remember that um, and you know you had some of the big levels in there um, the biggest one to my knowledge because I didn't really play it that much was Downhill which is just going down a hill doing tricks <laughs> but obviously as the game fantastic you know as the years went on and more games were released they tightened it and I think Personally, I haven't played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, so I'll be interested to see what that's like compared to 3. But for my opinion, for now, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is the best game in the series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 4. It's not as high on the list, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything as we've discovered in our previous episodes. Indeed. So what kind of mark do you think Tony Hawk made on the gaming landscape? Massive. You know... At the time, skateboarding was a big thing. People were watching stuff like the X Games. Um, and skateboarding was becoming a big sport and people were really interested in it. And you've got games that came out following Tony Hawk, like um, the Skate franchise, which was you know heavily physics-based. But what Tony Hawk did for the sport and for bringing it into the forefront of people's, you know, eyes I suppose was massive and although Tony Hawk kind of died with a whimper not Tony Hawk himself the game franchise <laughs> um, died with a whimper in 2015 with um, Pro Skater 5 when the license was up I think a lot of the, the early games they did up to maybe Underground 2 were really really solid and they lost their way a little bit in later years but you know for what they did in their early time it was substantial, I think. What about you? Yeah, I think um, 
it like I said, it was that golden era of gaming for me. Mm. It was a big kind of arcadey, but really solid gameplay. Um, and I love games like this. It's you just don't get them anymore. It's mindless. That was the isn't biggest it? thing. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing that I, I took away from this. It was really good to play for an evening. But I thought, where are the games that have inherited this gameplay? Where are the games that are like this today? And there just aren't any. No. I, I suppose you could argue games like GTA Five, things like that, they kind of didn't really take on the mantle, but they're the equivalent these days of mindlessly playing without thinking about it. But it's not quite the same. No, it's not. I mean... Yeah, I mean, more people are are playing GTA Five than basically any other game apart from Tetris. But I feel sorry for young people that grew up on that compared to something like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Yeah, I know what you mean. But again, I think it's an age thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just think you could take what Tony Hawk's does well, put it into another franchise, and it could work. And I just don't know why games aren't doing it. Money. Uh, maybe it? indie games are doing it a bit more. But publishers aren't interested in making some money. They just want to make all the money. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's why games like that aren't really a thing anymore, I suppose, which is a shame. It's why we don't get big IPs anymore. We get, or no, big new IPs. We get the same IPs over and over again. But at least we've always got Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, this game is number 14 on the list. Does it deserve its place? Would it be on your top 100? Yeah, I think it should be higher. If Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is number number 2 in the list, I think that Pro Skater 3 should be... I don't think it should be number 2, but I think it should be in the top 10 um, and swap it out for Pro Skater 2. But that's because I didn't grow up playing Pro Skater 2. I grew up playing Pro Skater 3. So, you know, but I, I'd agree that it's, it's got a rightful place on this list. Um, it's enjoyable you don't have to think too hard about it and you can just enjoy it what do you think for me it's really hard to say because it's not a typical game that I play I don't play much of these types of games so if I'm judging things from a story perspective yeah or a gameplay perspective of say RPGs shooters or things like that adventure games I feel like I can accurately judge where a game belongs, but because it's something completely different for me, that, like I say, I had a blast with. It's really hard for me to quantify that, because also I don't know how much is me being objective, how much is nostalgia. So I just don't know where it would fall on my own list. I don't know. It probably should be on uh, the top 100. I think it should be. I think it should be quite high, because like I said, I just really enjoyed it. On my own top 100... I'd have to write it down to see if it made it. So it's a it's a it's a possible. It's a fifty fifty. Yeah. Coin toss, depending on the mood I'm in. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So that is Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three done and in the bag. So yes, as we discussed indeed. last week, we've kind of got our our next few games that we know that we're going to be doing. Um, those are open to change, I suppose. If we get any. Um, you know, people get in touch with us saying they'd like us to cover this or that. We've got two big ones on the horizon that we're going to keep in place. Our next game and then our game, I think, which is three 
discussions away. Let's only let's only say the next one. For yeah, now, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, waters. obviously Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three, as we discussed before, was Dan's choice. So next time it's mine. So my choice for our next game is Final Fantasy Nine, which is the only Final Fantasy game on the top one hundred list, which blew my mind a little bit, but. <laughs> I we'll, we'll discuss our reasoning. Um, well, my thoughts on why we think that game's in the list and other amazing ones aren't um, in our next episode. But I know it's your first time playing number nine. It is. So, yeah, watch out for that one. It should be an interesting episode. It's a long, yeah. long game. So. <laughs> I, th- I think games that you've got no nostalgia for, it's interesting to have someone come at a game from a perspective of nostalgia which some of these games on the list is definitely going to be me and then someone coming at the game from a more modern standpoint playing an old game trying to put themselves into that Mm. mindset so it's going to be interesting um and obviously we're releasing the final fantasy 9 video to coincide with the release of final fantasy 7 the part of a remaster Indeed, yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake. So um, keep your eyes peeled remake, for that. Yeah. We'll um, we'll keep you updated on the socials. I think we've got seven followers on Twitter now. So watch out, world, we're taking over. Um, <laughs> anything that you've got to add before we wrap up? No, just continue to share, like, um, let us know what you think. Let us know if you think we can improve it. What bits do you like? What bits don't you like? Which games did you like? Just give us some give us some feedback and um, we'd really appreciate it. Yep, so you can get in touch with us via Twitter, um, which, as I said last time, our handle on there is at the long short of. If you want to watch a video style of these discussions, then you can find us on Dan's YouTube channel, The Subtext. Um, I, I was on your channel the other day, actually, and I, I texted you because... I can't remember what video it was. Was it Homefront? Maybe. Homefront the Revolution. It's got like 10,000 views on there or something. Yeah. You're basically an influencer now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some videos, I mean, I find, I find that with, with videos and even with games, it all depends on the game and what people are looking for. Yeah. I mean, you can't really predict how something's going to do. So you just kind of, throw it out into the wild and hope for the best that's it and i mean that's what we're doing here really isn't it we're we're making this podcast because it's nice to have a bit of a creative outlet it's something that we're both interested in and it's getting us playing the apparent top 100 games of all time Um, i'm having a lot of fun doing it yeah and me it's um it's a good laugh and to be honest with you i think at the end of the day that's the only thing that matters so you know we'll we'll continue making these and Hopefully you're enjoying them. Hopefully um, you know you're taking something away, or they're taking your mind off washing your hands 17 million times a day at the moment. So you know that's that's all there is to it, I suppose. Just keeping enjoying. And maybe it. you can um, play along with us if you want to. Yeah, in Let fact, us know what you think. Yeah. You... One of my friends actually said that he he likes the fact that we. Um, let you into the idea of the next game we're going to be playing because it gives people a chance to you know play along or have a little go on it to get their own perspective on it which is um which is always nice yeah someone said that they uh someone that i know said that they they were thinking about following along with us oh nice um 
I think they said uh, eventually uh, it's, it's the cost of these things. But I mean, yeah. so far we haven't spent a huge amount. I think this was the one I spent most on because I had to buy it twice. But yeah, a lot of it's on Game Pass now. I've so. I've been all right with all of them so far because I already own them. Um, yeah, but we're gonna definitely run into some tricky ones down the line. 100%. I'm trying to preempt them. Yeah, and also there's some consoles that don't easily hook up to HD TVs. Um, even recording footage, like the the recorder that I use, um, I use the um, Elgato uh, HD recorder. Um, so it needs it to be in 720 or 1080p, which can pose some problems down the line. Yeah, I'm I'm anticipating. But you know, for now, the you know it's yep. all smooth sailing. <laughs> Yep. So uh, we'll continue. We'll get it sorted. Yeah. Just stick with us. We'll continue to sail those smooth <laughs> waters for now. Um, yes. So yeah, like I said, reach out to us on Twitter if you've got any feedback or you want to make a suggestion to us. Um, video form is on Dan's channel, the subtext on YouTube. So check that out. You can find us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, if there are any other podcast areas that you want us to be uh, to be adding on to let us know and we'll see if we can get onto there and um hopefully you'll carry on enjoying it but i think that's all i've got to say for today what about you yep see you on final fantasy for a long 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 journey <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh remember keep washing your hands well uh, i'll talk yeah. to you soon see you later yeah. <laughs> bye, Cheers, bye.